0: Welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast, where we dive deep into God's word and discover together how to practically live as disciples of Jesus through the application of gospel truth. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Deeper Dive. I'm here with the trio, the guys, here with Jason, Adam, and myself, Dave Dawson. All right, guys, we've been doing this now for, I think, about a month or five weeks, I was going to ask you, how's it going? How are you you guys enjoying the Deeper Dive?
1: Well, I I think the better question is, is how are the people that are listening (laughs) to the Deeper Dive? (laughs) Actually, today, when this is being recorded, I went through the coffee shop, and I was having a conversation with one of our young adults about the Deeper Dive. Hmm. So uh, just getting some feedback on it. And, you know, I I think the purpose... That's encouraging. Yeah, I mean, the purpose that we set out is, like, no joke, to have a Deeper Dive, have a conversation among... Uh, the group of teachers and uh, some key experts in our church around these conversations that we're having from the pulpit and then
0: bringing them into our our everyday lives. And and I I think it's going good. That's cool. I'll admit, the first couple of times we did it, I had like Zero stress, because the fact is, I didn't think anybody was listening to it. And then, and then you brought these stats to us, like, wow, we got these people and people up in Alaska and everything else. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Now,
2: now you're not sleeping very well.
0: Yeah, now I'm like, oh, my gosh, now i got to think about this thing. So, all right. Well, the message this week was out of Ephesians chapter 2 and kind of centered around who we are. Who are we as Christians. And a couple of the big thoughts that came out of there, one was we are the temple of God. It's sort of an amazing thing to say, a strange thing to say. Um, so that coupled with the fact of who we are goes to our identity, right? And that, Which the word seems to come back to again and again. So we were just thinking we'd go after that today, look at those two concepts under who we are, we're the temple of God, and then just our identity. So I think for a lot of us, you know, we read through, uh, we read about the temple in the Bible and stuff. We kind of, kind of blow past it, but it's actually just an amazing concept, right? So what, so what is going on with the whole temple thing in the in the Bible?
1: Yeah, I think Dave, like when you talk about um, a way to read the story of the Bible is to look at the temple, and really, when we say temple, what we're talking about is God's presence. Right, different expressions and iterations of God manifesting Himself and showing up amongst His people. So I, you know, there's a there's a quote <clears throat> that I that I read a number of years ago. A guy named Colin Smith. He said uh, many people know stories from the Bible, but they do not know the story of the Bible. <laughs> it's like having a handful of pearls with no string to link them together. And one of, the, one of the strings or one of the threads that links it together, these glorious pearls, hmm. is the story of God's presence that we mm-hmm. see manifest one time in, in, in the temple. So that comes up in our text today. So I'll throw it to you, Adam, as you've been preparing. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, what is this about God's presence? Where did this start? Like, where was it lost? Hmm. How do we see it show up throughout you know redemptive history? And I guess it'll lead us to where we are today.
2: Yeah, you say that the temple's about God's presence, like that's his dwelling with his people. I think you could make a case that the Bible tells us a story of God on a mission to dwell with his people. So when you open up the first pages of the Bible, he's creating a place, a kingdom where he can dwell with his people. And the focal point of that is Eden. Some biblical scholars think that Eden is like this mountain, kind of like Zion in, in Israel. Or God's dwelling there with Adam and Eve. There's debate about that. But just this idea that God's dwelling with Adam and Eve, He's walking with them, they're they're communing with Him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's lost in the fall. Yeah. But humanity aches for that presence, whether we're naming it or not. And God is God is aching to dwell with His people. Yeah. So you see, like as soon as God brings Israel out of Egypt, He brings them to Sinai, He gives them the law, like, Hey, this is who I am, this is how I want you to live. And then He gives them the template for the Tabernacle, like how He's gonna dwell with them. And he does that. In the temple and that's not lost when we get to the new testament Mm -hmm. it just is now like jesus comes and john talks about jesus as the one who tabernacles among us like he is the presence of god Mm -hmm. in the world for us to to come to and then paul's like hey you you're the temple now like god is still dwelling but it's not in one location but it's with each of us and he carries that theme and then you get all the way to revelation and you have this picture of god who now is dwelling with us, John says, "There's no need for a temple because God Himself is the temple, yeah. and you have the nations, us, coming to Him and dwelling with Him." So it's this—it's this picture of God, God wanting to be with us and actually accomplishing that through the work of Jesus. It's just
0: beautiful. I mean, Adam, just to make sure you, you know, you go back, coming up with this meta narrative. Yeah, you know, the Bible starts right, it starts off in the garden. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love what you're saying. You know, God's presence in that garden is just. I mean that's a great thing to meditate on. This is what we want, you know? Well, it's,
1: and, that- and it's funny because it, it is what we want, and yet uh, Genesis I think it's Genesis three eight, it says that Adam and Eve hid from his presence. That word in the ESV is the word presence. Yeah. And so we long for it mm. and yet we 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 hide. Yeah. Uh, because of sin from mm-hmm. it. It's this meant we know that we need it, but also when we when we come into the presence of God, like man, there there is because of our sin, there's shame, there's hiding, there's brokenness, and so we long for this thing that actually it lingers in our soul. But but man, we are it's a it's a I don't it's know. a push
0: pull thing, right? It you is. In, you were trying to pull in, and then we push him away. Yeah. So <laughs> I think you know, going once again, you just look at this narrative starting off with God's presence in the garden, and then we end it in a city. Right? Yeah. In the scripture you were talking about, Adam in uh, in Revelation. Mm-hmm. So, which I which I think for those of us in Eastern Washington, the thought, oh my gosh, we have to live in a city, but that's going to be an awesome city, right? Yeah. And as you and I were talking yesterday, um, you you talked about the fact that it's not just a city, but it's a gardened city, right? That you uh, you had some cool thoughts on that. What, what were what were some of the thoughts of the fact that the temple and even the city are, are gardened right there's 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 nature involved in these cities
2: what are my thoughts on that is that what you're saying yeah because just...
0: you i think well you and i you're talking about some of the things in the temple in the old testament oh right yeah the, uh...
2: yeah it's really remarkable if you if you're looking in places like second chronicles i think chapter three uh solomon's talking about the details of the temple and there are palm trees on the walls mm-hmm. And I think that's reflecting back to Eden and reflecting to paradise. And even the, the color of the, the curtain that goes into the holy place, the color of it, when you mix together the golds and the blues, it's like this fiery presence. And there's cherubim stitched on there. It's just this picture of, as the priests come in, they're, they're coming into this garden paradise with God behind that curtain. And that's a picture of what Jesus, when he passes through that curtain for us, uh, with his own blood, he's bringing us into that presence, into that garden. And so I think in Revelation, it's just this beautiful picture of how Jesus has done that in his work and now is gathering us back to where things started and where things were meant to be.
0: Mm. You talk about where things started. It makes me think of you know the book of Hebrews. Yeah. Uh, we're taught that the, 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 the tabernacle here is a copy, is a shadow of something that was shown Moses right up in heaven. Mm. So there is this temple up in heaven it has just got to be fantastic, right? <laughs> I mean, you just think about that. Because it's, it's, even the temples down here are, can be pretty glorious, mm, right? Mm. I mean, they, they, they're, they're like holy places. But apparently they're just nothing compared to that, which is you know, what, what's up in heaven.
2: I think Isaiah gets a snapshot of that in Isaiah 6 when he's caught up and he sees God sitting on his throne and the train is filling, yeah. filling the temple and there's right. cherubim flying around. Crying out, holy, holy, holy! Like yeah. he gets this snapshot that we we haven't experienced yet. Yeah. But also, how cool is that? That in Jesus, by the Spirit, we are that temple.
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know that that might be something to look at. You know a little bit more of us being the temple now. So that how do we work that out? Like in like in real life, right? It's it's easy to see the temple in the Old Testament. People gathered. They went to it. Hey, you're going to be there at the service at a certain time. Everybody's together. It's glorious, you know. And that is where the presence of God is. And yet, He is in us now, right? We are a temple that's being built, which is just mind blowing, you know, uh, uh, that the presence of God is actually in sinful, broken vessels like, like us.
1: Hmm.
0: By the way, uh, uh, just kind of a random thought, but you know you know it's one of the saddest things about the temple that I remember reading. I, is this in the book of Ezekiel where the 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 glory of the Lord actually departed from a temple. Wait, that's not Ezekiel. Where's that at? Yeah, anyway, the... no,
1: you're you're exactly right. Yeah. So I mean the it was yeah, his presence departed. Um yeah, it was Ezekiel ten eighteen. Um God's glory actually leaves, you know, the temple. Yeah. And I mean, God, you know, he's he's essentially, yeah, his people in Ezekiel, right, his people are left homeless. God's left homeless. Like, it, it is this picture of desolation yeah. and homelessness that they're left with. And even, um, you know, <clears throat> God says there's a, later on in Ezekiel, he says there's a future time where he actually is going to dwell. You know, even in the Old Testament, like, they're left wondering, okay, like there's this prophet, right? The prophet speaks the truth. Like what is, when is this going to occur? When is God actually going to dwell with his people? And this temple that's in ruin is essentially the end of the Old Testament. So I, I, lo- I just, I don't know. I just love that picture of longing for the future, right? You yeah. have this actual, you know, God returning to his temple. And we know that that actually happens 400
0: Plus years later in yeah. Christ, right? In a manger. <laughs> well, one of the things that is supposed to empower us today is to meditate on the fact that we will live in the presence of God forever. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing thing. It's meant to encourage us, it's, it's not meant for us to drop out of life. It is meant to give us strength for today, right? We, like we, you, you know, it's like a, watching a Seahawks game that's all tense, but Somehow you heard this score and you knew who's going to win, right? Yeah. <laughs> win every game, you mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Always. Tense. Last two minutes. So, all right. Yeah, well,
2: you know, on that, thinking about the different people who are impacted by the temple, we are because God is coming and dwelling in us, and we benefit from that. God wants to be with us and dwell with us, and so He comes and lives in us. But I think another aspect of the temple is it's placed in the world to be a place where the world comes and sees God at work and sees his presence and it draws people to him and as we think about ourselves and how we're called to live outwardly the fact that God is indwelling us as his temple is also for the sake of the world mm-hmm. as we live in our community God is stitching us together as this what you could call like a people temple where we're we're witnessing to the reality of God and people are coming into contact with with him so it's not just about us but it's about what God's doing through us for the
0: world when you think even in our churches you know people that sometimes visit and afterwards what what for us is just kind of a, you know, hey, it was just awesome, it was a normal day. And yet for them, it's like, you know, the scripture says, like the secrets of their hearts have been revealed. Mm. You know, they're like, how how'd you would you guys read my diary? What what are you <laughs> reading my mind? I mean, what this is like you're speaking right to me. Mm. And that is that, you know, that prophetic, true word of God, you mm. know, that it goes to normal people like us. And it impacts people in the world. Mm-hmm. They, they feel the presence of God. You know, one more. I remember this uh, we had, uh, the uh, Chinese exchange program from Nanjing. You know, a number of these kids have never experienced anything to do with Christianity. Mm-hmm. Right? Barely, like they've heard of Jesus and stuff. Churches, hardly, they don't know hardly anything about him. When they have come into our services, they talk about feeling something. It's like, wow, it's like you, you know, they try to describe it, how you go from one high to another high, and so somehow they're brought into this, into the presence of God without even knowing Him. It's, it's just amazing.
1: Well, that's the beauty of the body of Christ. I mean, it it really is. When I mean, like, if we were to, if you guys were to think about the question, what is the church, or what what's significant about the church in the world, or if... Those of you that are listening to it, if you were to think about like what like what is the church? Why does why is it significant? Why does it matter? I think you're I think you nailed it, Dave. Like the uniqueness and the significance of the church of Jesus Christ is the the manifest presence of God. Yeah. Like this is I mean, it's not, you know, we're not boasting in ourselves, but the church is where Christ now dwells. Yeah. And like think about the honor of that. Yeah. Think about you know when we talk about you know striving for unity in, in seasons like this, like why it matters. It's not about my, it's it really honestly my my personal preferences, my personal priorities, they get set aside because we are striving to to be mm-hmm. and become to the best of our ability the manifest presence of Christ yeah. in everything that we say and we do, and I mean it is it is it is our honor. And it is our responsibility to
0: bear that presence and bear that witness in all the earth. So in a few weeks, you know this, Jason will be, because you selected the Scripture, we'll be looking at Colossians is it 3. It says, set your mind on the things above, right? Keep seeking the things above. In other words, we have to push hard into that which we cannot see. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we, we will. Well, Jason will get lost in our own preferences our own this or on that, get totally caught up in what's going on in this world without without the perspective and the power that we need, right, by by realizing this is who we are. You know, we, we, we are a temple of God.
2: And when Jesus comes into Jerusalem, I forget if it's all four Gospels or if it's just a few, but he comes into the temple and he's not super happy with what he finds. And he starts to clean house, <laughs> flip tables. And I know that when I read that story, I'm thinking like, man, those people were terrible. What were they doing in the temple? But really, I think it's, it's a... It should cause us to think, hey, if Jesus is living in me, I wonder what he's finding right now that he wants to clean
0: yeah. and
2: wants to sort of move out and renovate to make it more of a, of a resemblance of who he is. What would, you,
0: what would you take a whip to?
2: <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> like just having the humility to say, hey, if I want to be this presence of God and I want to shine him and not myself, mm. I need to let him in and do some work and be willing to to see those things in me and be willing to work on those things mm. and right engage repentance so that he can shine through me even more
0: okay mm-hmm. well i think we painted a pretty cool picture of the temple and, and stuff in in the presence of god you know that's all under the umbrella we're talking about of who 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 are we who are we right mm-hmm. so we are we're the temple of god so that's kind of wrapped up in our identity we're trying to pull back the curtain and realize hey this is really who we are it may not feel like it, it may not look like it at times But mm-hmm. this is who we are so why don't we go and pivot to identity then right? Because that that is, it just feels like the Spirit of God is speaking to churches, like, I don't know if it's all over the world, but at least here, we just seem to be going back again and again to these scriptures about who we are, like the Lord is trying to remind us, right, through these dark times. So why don't we talk about identity a little bit? Why, why is it, why is over and over in the Word, you know, the Lord really wants to communicate to us, look, this is who you are. It's what I've made you. Mm-hmm. So what is it, a, a, why is that so important? I think, Dave, where we began, we,
1: you know, we began talking, we took it all the way back to the garden, right? And we talked about um, these, this relationship, right? And this, this perfect presence that existed between God and man. Um, but also, I mean, keep in mind like that, you know, if you think about it, like there, there was this perfect, um, there's this perfect vertical relationship, right? But also keep in mind that there are perfect horizontal relationships as well between people, between creation and man like all of this and then harmony be- because of sin all you know both vertical and horizontal are they're broken yeah. they they become these busted lines between people and i i think the reason that we're talking about identity and why identity matters is you know we need to keep in mind that when, when when we bend our knee to Jesus and say you are lord and savior not just of the world but of my life as well there's a, there's a reconciliation that takes place in that vertical relationship and that vertical line, but also this horizontal line as well. And I think that's why he talks about it so much, is it's not just you and Christ. Like we've been talking about these relationships, these three relationships. It's not just, it's not just me and God. That is central, and that is probably primary and first. But it's also these other relationships as well. And so when he talks about identity, yes, we have a new identity in Christ, But then, you know, even in our text this week, um, what are the relationships that he's talking about? Well, he says you are a you are a citizen. You know, you are a part of this collective citizenship of heaven. You are a member of a family. Um, You are a you are a temple being built up, and it's not just you; it is the collective, (laughs) y'all. It's us being built up right into that, and so this this relationship. Or, or you know, relationship and identity. It's I think it's just mission critical that we understand it's not just about you know us and the Lord. It's mm-hmm. it's about this collective identity mm-hmm. that we have in Christ, and that's why it
0: matters so yeah. much. It's yeah. it's what we're demonstrating in this world. Yeah. You know, I just think on a practical basis. I mean, you know, I was, you guys know I was overseas in South America for a long time. Coming back here, one of one of the things I've seen that um, I just have a heart for. Are you know young Hispanic or people or even people you know people from other countries right? They come here. Um, well, people have kids. The kids come up to the ranks and they are quote Americans, but they're really caught, still caught up in their their I guess you call it their previous culture right, whether mm-hmm. Sudanese or Guatemalan Mexicans or whatever. And one of the things you will hear, and I'm more familiar with the Hispanic world, you'll hear young people say, you know, I'm not I'm not brown enough for my people for my parents or whatever, but I'm not white enough from my white friends. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it's just kind of heartbreaking because really what it is, that's, that is deep. Those are deep identity issues and it affects those horizontal relationships, right? Mm-hmm. How they relate with their folks, how they relate with, um, you know, the, uh, the other people in society. And it, it just seems to me that like, we, we can help them. Mm. This this is deeper than culture, it's deeper than ethnicity. This goes down to the deepest part of our person, you know, our, our identity in, in Christ. Mm. So yeah, it's more than theology. I think it's like it's uh this is like real world stuff. Mm. So
2: yeah, our identity is part of how our worldview is shaped. You know, worldview thinking, Who am I? Why am I here and what's my purpose? It's it's a, a significant part of the way we view the world and ourselves and what our purpose is. And I'll speak for myself. I, it's it's really easy to lose sight of the true answer of who am I? And you, you start maybe taking on false identities and becoming about certain things and your worldview is sort of aimed in this way. And so having our identity reshaped and reoriented again and again to, I belong to Jesus and his people. I'm part of his kingdom. That keeps us, I think, focused on, why we're here and what we need to be about, mm-hmm. and
0: and that doesn't change, right? It's right. solid, you know. Mm-hmm. Unlike if you you kind of base your identity on your physical appearance, yeah. Alas, it doesn't last that long, you know. You you base it on a job, and you you lose jobs, right? Yeah. Or you uh, you get older, mm-hmm. you retire, and that can just it can be a a death blow to your identity if you've really built it on those things.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Hey. You know, just this morning I was, I was
1: praying uh, for us. I was praying for our day and walking through some things that I walk walk through each day, praying over. And for whatever reason, I was uh, I was praying through the roles Hmm. that I currently carry. Mm -hmm. And so I was naming those roles and then asking God to just, you know, lead me, guide me, uh, give me direction in these different areas. But really, I guess listening to you guys, what I'm thinking is. Um, these roles that God's given me, what I was praying about is there's there's a responsibility that comes with the roles that God's given us. Mm-hmm. And um, I, Adam, what you were just saying brought that to my mind. Like we really do, like we, our, our identity, like God has given us our identity and he's actually sent us into those places. He's given us those roles, therefore those responsibilities. Um because he has a mission for us, like he has placed us in those positions, mm-hmm. and one of those significant positions is, if we bring this all together here, is in the church. <laughs> like we are, we are a part of a family. We have a, we have a title, brother or sister, or uh, we have, we have a, we have a responsibility based upon what we are in the body, you know. And it's, it is, it is so mission critical for us to know who we are. Know what our role and respons- responsibility is, and to work
0: within that effectively for the glory of Christ. Yeah, that was a mic drop. That was good. Yeah, I'm not. I'm a, I, I. think we'll call that a wrap up right there. <laughs> that I. I, I was going to try to come up with something better. I was like, yeah, I don't think I can beat that. You know, that was really good. So, um, no, thank you, Jason. I think that's it, um, guys. This was a great, good discussion today. You know, two really powerful concepts. You know. Um, man, we could take them and just really make them ours. Mm -hmm. Bless you guys. Bless people listening to this. Thanks for joining us this week. Listen in next week as we continue to encourage each other to practically follow Jesus through the application of gospel truth. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so because we'd love to continue to dive into God's word with you. We'd also love to connect further with you if you go to Bethel.ch